0: Hey guys, welcome to Pressing On. It is March of 2022, and here at Pressing On, we have a podcast where men and women, by the way, Brian... 20% Twenty percent of our listeners are women. If you didn't know that, not surprised. But uh, I'm your host, Pastor Scott Lessing, prison campus pastor here at Grace Church. We now have three locations in Northeast Ohio: Middlebrook Heights, Olmsted Falls, and now in Grafton at Lorraine Correctional Institute, where we call it our Lorsai campus. Now, pressing on, what? What? Why are we here, Brian? Pressing On is a podcast for guys who want to go deeper as we seek God. As hard as it is for us to be serious right now, because we are having a lot of fun in our our, our pre-recording. I'm holding back. <laughs> Pressing On is a podcast where we'll be looking into truths for guys as we live on this journey of life. All while finding practical insight so that we can live differently as men. Now, we will look into real life and talk through how to grow while becoming an improved version of yourself. Brian, I hope that you've been listening to our podcast. Actually, you look like you have, been. you look like a better version of yourself today.
1: Yeah, especially better than yesterday.
0: No question. The mirror told me this morning. Now, Jordy's not with us, Brian. Jordy is our other co-host. He is our youth pastor here, one of our many youth pastors here at Grace Church. But I'm going to do Jordy's part right now. Okay, I'm going to talk about uh, Black Burning Coffee. They're the guys who support us. They have amazing coffee. You drank some earlier today. It was delicious. It is amazing coffee. They're a local roaster right here in Cleveland. And Black Burning Coffee, they're a micro-batch roasting company based in North Olmstead, Ohio, specifically. But they provide all the coffee that you're drinking right now. You're going to get your free pound today before you go home. Can't wait. You can make your wife very happy. Would you prefer ground or unground? Whole bean, they call it. Um, I'm lazy. So ground. Okay, we'll grind it for you. But hey, listen, Sarah Stumbo is the owner and roaster of this amazing coffee. And now all of our listeners, you guys can win a free bag every month. All you have to do is simply email us at pressing at grace And we will send you no matter where you live, even if it's in Canada, we will send you a free bag of coffee. So please reach out, let us know that you're listening. Now, if you want discount on coffee. We have 15% off for all of our listeners any time of the year, not just this month. So all you have to do is go to blackburningcoffee.com and type in the code pressing on to get your 15%. Well, for our listeners, this is unique. Usually I'm not interacting with our guests as I'm going through our our opening. So a lot of people are probably wondering, wait a minute, that guy sounds familiar. I don't know about a lot of people, but Perhaps my mother will recognize my <laughs> voice as she listens. Well, I know Hazel. I told Hazel about it. You know Hazel. She she writes into you a lot. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Hazel said, you're having Brian on? Oh, wow. So she was very excited. So we'll have at least one listener this month who's Two. very excited. Two. Two. Yeah, your mom as well. Right. So Brian Dolan, you are the co-host of The Morning Show on 103.3 WCRF, and you have a uh, a host that you are working with named janelle correct janelle's amazing yes i think she's funnier than you not true no no you're funnier uh yeah i think who's that's the objective. funniest well okay you, so no, it's ron a, or janelle it's
1: a different kind of funny uh janelle like in fact when i first met my colleague janelle um one of the first times we hung out is when she got the job it wasn't public yet and my wife and i took her and her husband out to dinner and her husband, her husband, Len, looked at me, and he goes, Brian, I need to tell you something. I was like, okay. Is that, goes, how, is that how Len always talks? Yeah. He's like, Brian, Janelle, not funny. <laughs> it's like, what? She's not funny. Because my, my previous colleague was like, she was into comedy improv. Got and it. so he was convinced. He's like, listen, she's not up there yucking it up, telling jokes.
0: But I think she's very funny. She's just, she doesn't mean to be. That's what makes her so funny. Exactly. And you know, I love the way that she just she just rises you, man she does somebody
1: has to Might
0: she well raz- she you a lot, but it's a great entertaining show. You know what I love about your show? What's that? You guys are always pointing us to Jesus, you really are trying to and you you challenge us to think and not just do it whatever whatever we were told in the past, right you really you really encourage us to think through whatever we're saying is that is that really what scripture says? And I love that. Have you read um or heard about the book, How Not to Read the Bible? I've heard about it but haven't read it. It's a fantastic read. A lot of what you guys do is is the way that this book challenges oh, us to read the book. You you should you should take a look at it. It's it's a we're going through that study right now, actually, in our morning men's Bible study, but it, it's a fantastic read that it says essentially the way that you were taught how to read the Bible, it might not be right. It might be. It might be right, but it might not be. So they, they give you like the challenging things that are in the Bible, like um, should you eat shrimp? Should you not eat shrimp? Sure. Why? Why not? Or does the Bible condone slavery? Because some people would say, well, the Bible says this about slavery, about slave owners. So does that mean that the Bible's condoning slavery? Hmm. You know, so it, it just challenges you to, because there's a lot of people that are critics of the Bible because of these things, these difficult things in the Bible. So it challenges you to think, well, you have to look at the, the whole scripture. And right. what exactly is that passage saying? You guys do that all the time on your morning show.
1: Yeah, I, when I first started working for the, at, at WCRF about six years ago, I took my oldest daughter. We went to visit Providence Baptist Church. Uh, Pastor Rodney Maiden pastors that that particular church. And he was preaching through a sermon series, and he happened to be on Romans 12 that week. Hmm. And as he was talking about Romans 12 too, and people are familiar with that one, it's don't conform to the patterns of this world, but allow God to renew your mind. Yeah. Okay. And he said, I like the new living translation the best. And the new living translation says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Mm. Cause nobody says renewing their mind. Like right. I've never said that in regular conversation, the more like common phraseology would be change the way you think mm. the gospel should change the way we think. Yep. And a lot of us, what we do is we get saved. I'm not saying you're not saved, but we get saved And we don't allow God to invade our thinking. What we do is we go, wow, I got to say, isn't it cool how Jesus agrees with me on everything? (laughs) Like, how did this happen? And so we we start reading the scripture with that in mind, where we try to find ways that he agrees with me. That's the wrong way to read it. Yeah, I agree with you. You've got to totally allow God to transform your thinking. And if your thinking is the same as it was before you were saved on a long list of issues, your thinking hasn't been transformed. And transformation of the mind takes a long time too it's a lifelong process yeah. I, I hung out with a guy today who listens to our radio station he's 92 years old or 91 if you're listening don't be offended if you're 91 <laughs> he said I'm 91 and I'm, I'm still learning about Jesus isn't that awesome but that's how it's supposed to be what a great example for the rest of us you don't you don't ever arrive at understanding of holiness or even or even being holy it's a journey
0: it, it, it's a it's a long journey too long. Yeah. it's a long journey and sometimes it's it's a challenging journey yeah uh, the the wrestling match of what I think versus what the Lord thinks. It's important for us to not think that we've arrived yet. Correct. I think there's a lot of guys that, that, that go there that they think that they know it all. And I just want to make sure that we're not that way.
1: Yeah, I, that's one of my goals too. I, I don't want to be that way myself. And so... I just sometimes am the, the jerk that asks the hard question of the thing everybody agrees on.
0: I love that you do. Uh, and, and I want you to know, I, I'm a regular listener to your show, and I want you to know that I, I really appreciate that you guys aren't just giving the pat answers of how we should think. You're allowing us to think. Well, thank you. I
1: adapted that from a podcast I was on years ago. It's no longer a thing, so don't go look for it. It was called What Did They Say Now? We launched it at Moody as a podcast-only program. Hmm. I forget the years, a long time ago. Suffice it to say, the concept of it was based on, I was a producer at the time for a major market radio program, morning radio show. And I noticed that the most interesting conversations that were happening in radio were when the mics were turned off. Hmm. When the mics would go off and the host and the guest would say what they really think. Mics would come back on and they would give the christian answers. And they would speak from a position of accomplishment and righteousness. Not that they weren't there on those issues, but... They'd say what they really think when the mm. mics off. And so I thought, well, what if we did a show where you just said what you think and you were willing to be wrong? You're willing to ask hard questions. You were willing to say the things you only say in those private conversations with other believers that you wouldn't want that hyper spiritual person to hear. Uh, and that turned into a podcast. And that was the seed that planted what we do on our morning show. Which was like, I don't want to be afraid of a topic or afraid to be honest about what I'm thinking about a topic or to ask hard questions about a topic because people are doing it anyway. They just pretend on Sunday that they're not.
0: Exactly. You know, one thing that I really appreciate too, and both you and Janelle have done this, but you did it most recently on a Friday. You guys do like a wrap up Friday, like, you know, what all these things that we talked about throughout the week. And I don't remember the topic. This was two Fridays ago. I think I remember it. talking about the airplane thing?
1: Tell me more. What, what do you mean? So there was a, a guy, this is, this is probably not it, and it's totally pointless to tell the story. <laughs> but no, there, I found this random uh, advice column in the New York Times, and a guy had written in saying that he's a frequent flyer, and he really likes his particular seat on a plane because he's tall, bulkhead seat, aisle row, or uh, aisle seat, bulkhead row. And twice he was asked by families that were separated from their kids. They had tickets that were all over the plane. Uh, to move so families could sit together. And because he'd planned ahead and they didn't, he said no. And he got hassled by other passengers. Hmm. And he wanted the columnist to be like, wow, can't those people plan ahead? You're right. And my question was, is this, like, should Christians, like, how should Christians handle that? That Mm. exact scenario, if you're in that seat, what should you do? Uh, And I had a guy call in. It was one, I try to invite people to have dissenting opinions. Yeah. And this is not the story you thought. It's It's not, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we can get to that one in a minute. Uh, I don't remember the story. but So in this case, what I like to do is ask a particular question when someone calls with a strong opinion. So somebody, one guy called and said, listen, I wouldn't move. Christians don't need to move. Right. I planned ahead. It's okay. I, they didn't plan ahead. They're learning. A, uh, they're learning. And so I, we interacted for a minute and I said, okay, how did the scriptures lead you to that conclusion? And, and this is what he said. Just <laughs> totally silent he literally didn't say anything long pregnant pause and he goes i don't know i'd have to think about that hmm. i said yeah you know it's a good idea not that you're wrong but if we aren't basing our our position based on what the lord would have us do mm-hmm. and what he teaches us what is it based on right so whether i like the decision or not is, is irrelevant yeah It's, as Luther said at the Diet of Worms, that my conscience is captive to the Word of God. So whether or not I like it, I'm compelled to do it because Christ commands me to do it. Yes. And so if you're going to... And I could come up with a list of my reasons why you should get up, and I can use them in Scripture. If I'm wrong, show me with the Scriptures.
0: Yeah. I could be. Right. But he couldn't. Well, the one
1: I was thinking about... Uh Uh-oh. And I'm not going to predict this time. You go ahead.
0: You. (laughs) I didn't hear the actual show. I was just there on Friday and listening on Friday and you were proven to be wrong i was uh, probably yes and the thing that i loved is janelle took the side of the caller mm-hmm. and again you we were just talk you guys were just talking about i said oh, we cuz i felt like i was a part of it but you guys were talking about what was what was said and and janelle kept poking at you a little bit mm-hmm. and you kept receiving it but you kept trying to like well what about and and finally ron spoke <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Ron's our, our engineer and our third voice in the show. Yeah. That's probably the smartest. And you were like, you know what? You're right. You guys are right. And it was just such a great example. Cause sometimes like if, if we're always getting poked, you might think, can that guy ever yeah. apologize or embrace or, and I've heard you do it frequently actually, but that one really stood out because it was like a prickly topic. I, again, I can't remember. You probably remember now, but it, it was a prickly topic and the way that you just, relinquished and humbled yourself it, it was a great example for the rest of us so i just want i want to thank you and janelle's done the same thing ron's done the same thing i mean did you know that ron's a moron <laughs> the funniest thing i'm, I'm you know actually, where that so, came from i i was offended the first time i heard that why yeah, are, yeah. why are they making fun of him okay
1: so his name's ron and you're and <laughs> a number of years ago somebody texted in because people love ron his name's ron eastwood and somebody texted in i want more ron and then they just kept typing and, and they kept texting, more Ron, more Ron. <laughs> so we started chanting, more Ron, more Ron, more Ron. And Ron just goes, you just call me a moron? That is fantastic. And we, we laughed and our station manager later was like, I think we're, we've
0: got something here. The moron moment, right? And so
1: yeah. So after his newscast every morning, he'll share his Ron moment. It's double entendre. <laughs> it's like right. him laughing at himself. He's not a moron. Right. He's the opposite of that. And you get more run. It's him sharing his thoughts on something.
0: I love it. I didn't know the backstory. Yeah, that's it's where I really came from. important to know the backstory, isn't it? It
1: was innocent. We nobody called him a moron on purpose. Yeah, we accidentally called
0: him a moron, <laughs> which is very different. <laughs> and you were chanting it. Yeah. Well, backstory is really important, isn't it? Backstory is super important. Yeah. And you know, when we talk about scripture, we we need to know the backstory mm-hmm. of scripture as well. But our topic today is really bringing in the backstory, right? The backstory yeah. to who we are today. And we're going to be talking about family dysfunction. Uh, I know that you you have something big coming up um, yep. that, that you're going to be launching here soon. This is not the reason we're talking about it. But, you know me, I'm going to highlight what you're doing. That's I love kind of you. I love what you guys do. And I'm very excited to listen to this. But I want us to be able to talk about family dysfunction today. And not, not just our backstory, but maybe we have family dysfunction even in our own families. That we would say, oh, wow. You know, so... Let's talk about that. Tell us a little bit about why is family dysfunction? Why, why did you pick this topic for us to talk about? But what, what does it mean for you? So I wouldn't have picked this topic six and a
1: half years ago uh, because I didn't think it applied to me. Hmm. So backing way up, the, where this comes from is, on, on a side note, I have a, an, an affinity for podcasting. I love podcasts and I love storytelling podcasts. Uh, if you're a podcast listeners, things like cereal changed the game in terms of, you know, like if, if you've never heard of it, not like breakfast cereal, but like cereal killer, S-E-R-I-A-L. Right. My,
0: my friend Jason is going to be so excited that you just talked about that. He just told me about this podcast. Never listened to it. Uh, my wife and I are going to be listening to it on the way to softball games. So I'm very excited to hear it twice in less than a week is amazing to me. You so. know,
1: it, it changed the game and how we tell stories in podcasting. I like other ones as well. There's my other favorite one's called Heavyweight. With Jonathan Goldstein and that one he tells usually sometimes he'll do multiple episodes, but he'll tell he does storytelling in a particular style, uh, one per episode. But what serial did is serial changed the game in this way. They told one story over multiple episodes and there was an unwritten agreement with the listener and the unwritten agreement with the listener was, I don't know where this is going to end. You don't know where this is going to end. We're just going to go on this journey together. Hmm. Now, usually when stories are told, the listener has an expectation that someone's worked out the story arc. Right, yeah. There's the twist. There's, you know, there, there's all these elements of a great story. Intentionality and, in that. Yeah. And then at the end, there's some sort of wrap up. It's a comedy or a tragedy, you know, it, it, however it ends. Right. Sh- in a Shakespearean sense. Uh, but that's not how life works. At all. No. We want it to work that way, which is why we love great stories like that. But it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And so what Serial did is they said, the journalist is going to say, I- I'm going to allow you to go on this journey with me. I'm going to let you hear things you don't normally hear and when someone's recording an interview, like knocking on the door, um, some B-roll, some, you're hearing rustling of leaves if you're walking in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, we're going to just end where it, we can. And it may not be as neat as you think. I remember being mad at the end of it and then going like, oh, but I get it. I'm okay with how you ended this.
0: Yeah. Because that's how it ends. Is it similar to Dateline? Uh, yes and no.
1: I mean, D- Dateline, it picks really sensational things. Uh, and I find that like everybody's got a great story. You don't have to have something sensational. Mm-hmm. Great stories are can be told well when they're told honestly. Uh, I think we all have at least one really good story. And I think Christians do bad at telling them. I fully agree with that. And... My really you just offended
0: half of the people that are listening, uh,
1: and, and, and this is where I was going with this is like six years ago or so. I had an idea, I, I had a pet peeve that turned into an idea. The pet peeve was that we tell one kind of story as believers and we tell salvation stories, mm-hmm. which by the way are awesome. It's just not, doesn't sound cool to say that, but we tell one story. Well, because they're usually
0: dramatic, right? Very dramatic. You have this change in your life, and you literally do a 180, Mm -hmm. and you turn from one way of living, and you turn towards another way of living.
1: The the problem is when you you take that and you put it into the traditional storytelling arc of Happily Ever After, you end up with, without saying the name, a very famous Christian movie that kind of kicked off the Christian movie thing where – At the beginning of the film, the truck is broken, the wife is infertile, and the football team is losing. (laughs) And at the end, there's a new truck, a pregnant wife, and a winning team. (laughs) Yes. Now, good story, okay? But really not reality. No. And bad theology. It is. Because we're not promised a happy ending. In fact, we're promised we're going to be persecuted if you're in Christ. Right. You know, some people have happy endings. Some don't. Mm -hmm. Um, You even look at uh, the rich man and
0: Lazarus, and as Jesus teaches about that. The guy with the happy ending was the guy with the miserable life. Right. I think that so many times, as Christians, we have this expectation that we should tell a story this way, right? right? Instead of just being, this is the story. Yep. We 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 don't like because we might think that our story's boring or it's not sensational. Like if you ever watch the Dateline that isn't very good, because every once in a while they'll throw one in and you're like, you're a Dateline guy. Listen wah, to wah, you. Wah, yeah. Right. You're like seriously like that's a Dateline. Yeah. And, you want a big ending right and i think as christians we want to i i have i it's hard for me i was gonna say i get frustrated so I, that's not true it's hard for me when i hear somebody say i don't have a story like you or scott so i you know i never looked at porn i wasn't fully addicted I, I wasn't this i wasn't that and i didn't have this huge change in my life but you know jesus you know the creator of your soul that's a big story it doesn't have to be not sensational for it to be not impactful, right? And in
1: fact, I can ruin two episodes of, of of heavyweight as an example of that 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 podcast. So on one of them, he tell like the story. He tries to solve people's problems, un- unresolved issues in their lives. Okay, one girl she gets horribly made fun of in school, in middle school, so bad so that her parents switch her to a different school. And a few weeks after she is in the new school, she's home alone. Here's a knock at the door, looks out the window upstairs, and it's three of the girls in the old school that bullied her the worst. Hmm. They're knocking on the door. And she was too scared to answer. Hmm. Now she's a grown adult, and she's, it's been eating at her for decades. Why did they knock at the door? Hmm. Were they coming to apologize? Or were they coming to taunt me? Hmm. And he tries to help her find out. And at the end of the story, she doesn't find out. Ah. Oh! But, but what, what she learns is she learns a lot in the journey as he calls some of the people that she went to high school with. And it's like so many things in life. You're like, wow, I don't remember that. You know, like they had no memory of it whatsoever. You know, um, what was the other one? I don't remember the other one, but suffice it to say, but it's uh, about the journey That's, and that's how Christ often will shape us is like, we want some big ending, but it's the, it's the lessons and the pain and the journey that are most important. Now, sometimes stories have some sort of resolved ending. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. Uh, but I would say, aren't most life stories never really having an end? Of course. They're, there's a measure of unresolved to everything until we die. Yeah. And so there's a relatability to that kind of storytelling and an honesty to it. It's important. And I also, I don't believe, like, if we only tell salvation stories as Christians, we're telling the lie
0: that our great stories end when we get saved. Well, and that's not true can i share a story absolutely before i love go. stories so so we were talking about this before you know i'm on this journey right now in prison ministry mm-hmm. we're, we're launching or we've launched a prison campus and we're seeing god do amazing things right i mean this week alone three guys said yes to changing their life and First they guy. did the 180 right so now they're they're following jesus and amazing so i mean i could tell you stories upon stories upon stories about what god's doing and most of them are like pretty incredible things that god has op- the doors he's opened the lives that he's changing the impact that he's having in you know in this community even even the, the 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 warden and and the chaplain like they are telling me stories of things that they're hearing and they have nothing to do with scott lessing which is just beautiful right yeah What's God, what is God God doing in my life, though? I have not been able to trust Jesus the way I have now, the way I do now. The last 27 years of following Jesus, I haven't trusted him like I do now. I mean, 27 years of following Jesus, and God's changing Why? the way I'm trusting him. Why is the question? The journey that I'm on, right? I, I, I He's doing things in other people's lives, which is causing me to say, oh, dude. God, you are so good. And I said to you earlier, I don't even deserve to be a part of watching all of this happen, you know? Yeah. And so it, it, you know, it's humbling me in a way that I've never been humbled. I'm trusting him in ways that, like, I used to think, well, that can't happen. I don't, you know, and, you know, the 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 pat answer for, in the Christian community is, well, just trust God. You know, oh, now I know what that means. That yeah. means something totally different before than before. I'm trusting God in ways I never have. You know?
1: Well, and you know, in, in, in a different sense, that same experience you're having is a good illustration of what we're talking about. If I was going to make a Christian movie out of what you're doing, the Christian movie would be Pastor Scott goes into prison ministry because his life is kind of bad. He meets a guy in prison whose life is bad. That guy gets saved and miracle happens. They let him out of prison. <laughs> right, right. And then him and Scott are like buddies now. Right. That's not how it's working. No. They're serving life sentences. Yeah. They're not going to get out. They got saved, and they're going to stay in prison. And you know what God has for them? A wonderful ministry that no one's ever going to
0: hear about. Yep. a Perfect example. I'll share just the guy's first name. His name is Matt. And <clears throat> he's not going to get out for some time. And he said the best thing that ever happened to him was coming to prison. And I said, why? Yeah, He already knew Jesus. Why, why was that the best thing that ever happened to you? Because it changed my focus, I was focused on myself and I needed to come in here to be able to see Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. But but that's what, that's what changing our thinking and surrendering
1: our life to Christ is like. Right. And far too often the message of the church is you gotta get saved and then do something big for God. Yeah, no. Guess what? That guy in prison is doing something big for God. Huge. But that doesn't sell books. That no. doesn't pack in pews in a, in a church to tell people... God's got big plans for you, and that big plan might be to be a good friend to your neighbor and make a difference in their life. Right, not to have your name on a billboard, not to go speak at a conference, not to be a famous preacher. None of none of that. Right, and and that and that's not the message we share much in the church.
0: No, but it needs to be. Well, in in a, a a word that we probably would not use in the Christian context very often, and we might get criticized for saying this, but. I might get criticized because I get criticized all the time. Well, I'll say this one. So you don't have to get criticized on this one, but it's not sexy. No, it's not right. Prison ministry is not sexy or those stories are not sexy. If it's not a headline, it's not sexy. So why tell the story?
1: And that's, that's not the way it ought to work. And it's not the way it did work. If you look at Paul's life, since he wrote a bunch of books of the Bible, we think his life was sexy, but when he describes his own life and what he went through, not sexy, it's miserable. Yeah. Yeah. He did not live a life that you and I would call one of fame
0: and excitement, but it was glorifying to God. Right. But if if we were to talk about his whole life from the time he was born until the time that he died, we would say, but it's about the journey. It's about the journey. Right? And that's what makes Paul's story so exciting mm-hmm. and intriguing and scary all at the same time. And he was martyred. He was beheaded. Right. The end. I mean... In prison, shipwrecked, like a lot of pretty bad things.
1: And and we were, if, if we turned it into a, a you know, a twenty first century Christian movie, he would have like, you know, gone on a tour and like lived a happily happy life on Patmos with John. You know, but but he didn't. Right. And so I, I have this affinity for stories, right? But I've seen that for whatever reason it's a gap in in the Christian life that even though those are our all of our everyday experiences, mm-hmm. we don't want to hear about them and we don't know how to tell those stories well. And suddenly I encountered uh, podcasts that were telling those kind of stories. These honest stories of saying, listen, we're going to try to find an answer to this. And you know when we start out, we might not find the answer and that's how it's going to end. But we're going to take you on the journey and you're going to learn along with us as we go. Now see, I'm intrigued by that
0: as long as there's a good story at the end. Why do you need that? Isn't that funny? Why, why do you need that? I think I've been trained that way. You have been trained that
1: way. Right? That's a fairy tale. That's a... That's a story arc of any movie. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end with a twist somewhere in there.
0: So that's not what I should be looking for in a good story.
1: No, because, I mean, if you, were, you have already said, and I agree with you, that some of life's greatest lessons are learned through pain. We don't even always know why that pain happens. Mm-hmm. But we get closeness to Christ in the midst of brokenness and pain. That's the stories we should be telling. Yeah. Now, we should tell the salvation stories. Those are very important. Yeah. But what if we told more honest stories? Would that maybe draw people closer to Christ?
0: Well, I I mean, personally, yes. I mean, when Maureen and I, Pastor Jonathan, our senior pastor, he invited Maureen and I to tell our story, which was not a popular story. It it was not a story. I didn't want to share our story. Mo doesn't like public speaking, so she didn't want to share the story either, (laughs) right? But it was when he was going through a, a purity series and he said, hey, do you know of any good videos that we could use to like inspire people? I said, you could you could have mo and i tell our story and then afterwards wow. i was like why did i say yeah, that? yeah why like, did you say that bro because i've never done like, that why did you say that he, and maureen did do that she was like seriously <laughs> and well, what did he say and he i said well he said yes so we're going to meet with him tomorrow night to talk about how we're going to go through this she was like no and then i was like no what did i do because i'm going to tell you know at the time we had probably 3800 people coming on a sunday 3800 people my story of my porn addiction like and then and then my wife's gonna be up there telling her telling everyone how I made her feel yeah. from that like and that's yeah. and listen yes I've been liberated from that yes J- Jesus has totally transformed me but do I still struggle with that of temptation today do. yes I do and it had a lasting impact on your marriage yes and very painful right lots of scars but there were hundreds of men. That heard that story and said, What's that class that you guys have going on? Mm-hmm. What wait, what you guys are gonna be real and honest and we can be vulnerable and transparent and like on the other end of it, I might, might have a handle on this addiction. Yes, you might. But I can guarantee that if you make it through, that you'll be closer to Jesus. I don't know if you're gonna have a handle on your addiction, but you will be closer to Jesus in the midst of it. Now I mean that That's, that's a class I'd show up to. Well, a lot of guys did, but a lot—I I don't know, man. It's—it's it's one of those things that you—you you, you sit there and you say, "We're talking about family dysfunction today," but a big part of it is our story, right? We—we we have to be story. willing to share our story, even if it's not like this story.
1: Yeah, I—I'm convinced we all have at least one good story to tell. Now, there wasn't a, a recent statistic we talked about on the show. And I think it was fifty-three percent. Don't quote me on that. On what show? You can look it up on my morning show, and. It was 53% of Americans believe their life is interesting enough to be a book. And I thought that was silly. 53%? Yeah, like over half of Americans are like, oh, my life? A book. Yeah. People would read that. No, I think that's ridiculous. Most of us, our lives are really not that interesting. Right. We all have a good story or two, though. Right. One or two. Yeah. Right. And I mean, even if you look at like uh, Jesus Freaks or Fox's Book of Martyrs, even some of the greatest martyrs of the faith get like three pages. And who am I to say that I get a whole book? And that someone would read it, and they have never even heard of right. me. Um, but that, but I, I, I digress. That takes me back to this concept of storytelling, right? Yeah. This, this idea of we all have at least a good story to tell. And Christians, we have good stories to tell that are not centered on our salvation. That doesn't make them unchristian. Right. We are followers of Christ. Our lives ought to be a reflection of him, even in the midst of the mess. And so I went to my—it was purely like a professional thing. I went to my boss at the time early on in my time in Cleveland on the radio. And I said, you know, I really love these storytelling podcasts. Here's what they, here's the formula they use. Kind of, we got to do something like that. No one's Mm. doing that in Christendom. And he's like, yeah, we should. I was like, you know what I should do? Here's what I'll do. What, what if I tried to do one, just like a little thing internally to show people how this could be done? Yeah. He's like, okay, awesome. Here we go. So I had to think, what, what am I going to tell? So if, if the concept of what I'm talking about here is a journalist or a storyteller will take you on a journey of discovery that with them, I have to think of something I haven't resolved yet that I don't know the ending to. And this was to me going to be just an exercise, not an actual thing people would listen to.
0: So Uh, you were like, like a a make believe or you were going to make it legit? No, make it legit. Okay.
1: Like, and I thought, well, I, I can think of one unresolved issue in my family that, uh, that could be interesting. And it's, I knew that my paternal grandfather, my dad's dad, I met him when I was 13 in his casket hmm. at his wake, standing next to my dad. My dad's crying. I'm, I feel like I should feel bad, but I don't even know him because hmm. he had disowned us when I was little hmm. over a seemingly trivial thing, like just a, a nothing incident that, yeah. that I can't tell you because it's in the podcast. Yeah. Um, but that's all I knew. I don't know if your family works this way, but. I think every family has a couple of unresolved things that just time passes. Nobody brings it up. It's never a good time to bring it up. Yeah. And is, is that the case for you? Do you think? Oh,
0: dude, we have one in our family. I bet everybody does. And, and let me tell you, like, I don't know that I don't know what it is to this day. I don't know what you it is. You don't know the answer to whatever. I the do not know is. what the answer is. No. And see, I thought
1: like, yeah, let's figure this out. You know, great story. Like, I didn't think anything about me. Mm-hmm. I thought this would be a demonstration of telling a story. And so I set out on what became a six year gut wrenching, um, in depth, hours upon hours, trying to figure out what happened with my grandfather. And with this concept of I'm taking the listener with me. Hmm. And it took a long time for a lot of reasons. One, one of them, a pandemic. Another, I tried to do it all myself because I didn't, it wasn't part of my regular job. Yeah. Nobody really understood what I was trying to do, because in Christian media, it's like not a thing that people do, telling one story over multiple episodes where you don't have an ending. Yeah. It's kind of like the Seinfeld. Right, We're going right. to do a show about nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I would do, I started off- Huge Seinfeld fan,
0: by the way. Oh, I love
1: Seinfeld. Right? Uh, and what's, what's today's Seinfeld show, by the way? There isn't one, but it was a show about nothing, and that's why we loved it, because right. it was relatable. Right?
0: Yeah, dude. In it was way. the
1: best show ever. Everybody's got a Kramer. Everybody's got an Elaine and yeah. George. And a... So um, I, set, I started off just kind of trying to paint the picture. I wrote, I scripted out of what I thought would be the first episode of me explaining this mystery, mm-hmm. why I want to solve it, how I want to learn as a believer where I've got a, a grandfather who rejected me. And I've always carried a layer of bitterness and unforgiveness. and what would And it... you don't remember meeting him ever. I have a fleeting memory of seeing him once when I was little. I was with my two little cousins and a guy walks by and I'm like, who's that?
0: They're like, that's grandpa. I didn't even know. Is that what your voice sounded like when you were little? Uh, Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best
1: impression of me that I can do as a little boy. Uh, And so I had no memory of him. Mm. And, but I knew as a believer, I was like, this is weird. I'm
0: I'm mad at him. Mm. Do I even love him? Can I forgive him? And he's dead did Did you still feel this way when you when you set out on this journey? I had a layer
1: of it, but a layer I wasn't willing to acknowledge. okay I, I said it, but it wasn't kind of like a I, I'm not a guy who's done well in the past at dealing with my feelings. Mm-hmm. I ended long story you know there's a long story that we'll get to parts of it here, I'm sure, but I ended up going to counseling in the in the middle of this journey hmm. and I remember talking to my counselor one day and I told her something that happened uh, none your business. (laughs) And she goes, well, Brian, how did that make you feel? And I was like, well, you know, I was thinking that's, and she goes, I didn't ask you what you thought.
0: Hmm.
1: She said, take out your feelings chart. I asked you how that made you feel. And we were on zoom and she stared at me and I stared at my feelings chart for what felt like an eternity. What's a
0: feelings chart.
1: You need to get one. It's like a, it's a chart that organizes the types of feelings you can feel and the sub feelings beneath them. Ooh. A lot of men need to get their hands on this because we don't know what feelings are. We have one, and it's called angry. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I had. Hmm. And so I stared. She stared at me, and I stared at the paper for probably two minutes in silence.
0: Wow. That's a long time.
1: And then I kind of looked up at her, and I was like, sad?
0: And with a question mark.
1: With a question mark. And like, keep in mind, sad's a category, even, of multiple emotions beneath right. it yeah. at various levels, melancholy yeah. and depressed and things like that. And so I didn't, I wasn't really in touch with my emotions in a way where I was just like, yeah, do I forgive this guy? I don't know. And so I go down this journey and I end up trying to find this answer that my parents, turns out my parents didn't really quite understand hmm. what happened. I reconnected with relatives that I didn't know why they never talked to us, hmm. somehow convinced them to record interviews with me. So I end up, you are there as I, like, I don't do any prep work in advance with my family. I just tell them, trying to figure out why like, grandpa disowned us. Can we talk? Okay, record. And so you eavesdrop in the journey on me talking to my parents and quizzing them for like an hour and a half, which I trimmed down. Don't worry. Right. What happened? How did it make you feel? Why did this happen? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And then I go and, and I, but, but me- you,
0: you, you didn't prepare in advance. Like you didn't know what the answers were going to be. I didn't know. So you didn't like have a pre-recording nope. discussion? No. Wow. I
1: mean, I did in the sense of, I'm going to ask you things like, right, but then you give me the answers. Wow. And so then I did the same thing with some family members, one of which I'd never even met before. It was the first time I met the person, trying to figure out what happened. <clears throat> and I take you along on the journey. Uh, you hear as I knock on the door of this guy's house. Um, Were there
0: leaves in the background?
1: I, and so, uh, one, at one point I'm walking in the snow <laughs> yeah, and really? you can hear the snow you can hear the crunch. Yeah. I held the recorder down to the snow,
0: Minnesota.
1: It was, and I recorded it in the middle of February and, and that, that particular episode. Dude, it's so cold up there. It's in the terrible February. there and it's much better in Ohio. Uh, and at the end of the journey, it's, it's a tragic story, a sad story that in the end, I won't tell you what I found out, mm. but what I can tell you is I learned a lot about myself on the way. Mm. Uh, and one of the things I learned is I had an incorrect view of family dysfunction. Can you expound on that? Or
0: do you want us to wait for the no, podcast?
1: No, I can tell you that now. Um, I had I had a really great upbringing. Like, I love my parents. Still this day, a great relationship. I played soccer, traveling soccer growing up. Classic ninety 80s, 90s kid. Big sports guy. Uh, no, I played soccer. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I just played it. <laughs> I remember my dad coming to games in his business suit back when that's what people wore to the office
0: because uh, he just came to the game because he loved me. He did did, go did you first. care more about the game or the snack afterwards? I just hit the mic. That's I'm okay. radio. Sorry.
1: <laughs> um, well, see, later on, we didn't get snacks and traveling, Scott.
0: Oh, Scott. you were a traveling soccer guy. But
1: did I reach for the grape soda when I was little in the cooler? Yes. Grape soda was better. Because in the 80s, the snack at the end of the game was not oranges or juice boxes or crackers. It was soda. It was crushed grape. Grape soda. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that. But no, my, my <laughs> parents loved me very much. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Great mom. My dad's an awesome
0: dad. <clears throat> I mean, everybody's got their issues, but... If they, he came to watch you play soccer, he's an awesome dad.
1: Yeah. Because he didn't know what he was going to get that day. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and so I had created in my mind that there are two kinds of families, really, when it comes to function and dysfunction my family's functional and then whatever happened with with my grandpa i don't know but he's obviously dysfunctional mm. uh and those people out there that we see maybe somebody had a kid end up in jail or a kid um whatever the problem is those are dysfunctional families this family psh, we're fine right and that's right. a totally false paradigm right yeah i don't know why like you might be thinking to yourself why would someone put this man on the radio if that's what he thought? But this is part of my journey with Christ. I for whatever reason just thought there was healthy and unhealthy families. Yeah. And what I discovered is that essentially we're all on a continuum, and I've checked with psychologists on this by the way. Uh, we're all on a continuum of dysfunction.
0: And it took Well that's the that's, that's the story of the gospel.
1: Which is the most
0: embarrassing
1: part of this for me. The most embarrassing discovery is a guy that works in full time ministry on the radio thought that his family system was immune from the, the fall. Right, but don't don't we do that? I mean, my journey with Christ is discovering new areas in which I haven't let Jesus invade yet, and once he does, I realize how messed up I am.
0: Well, I mean, come on, you you and I both have experienced this through COVID, right? Like, yeah, that's. I think that's one of my number one takeaways from COVID is that. There are so many people who are so angry at whatever it is, and I was angry at one point during COVID, so I can say I was one of those guys sure. that thought I knew better than everybody else, and no, 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 you don't understand, Brian, I do, you're wrong, and I'm right, and that's, that's just inaccurate. Yeah,
1: it, right. It does, it's not a reflection of the gospel, um, because the gospel says, I could be wrong. hmm In fact, probably am. Right. In fact, no, I am wrong on lots of things. Right. But that's the journey we have to go on in a very truncated sense to figure that out. But I, for whatever reason, thought that my upbringing was functional. Again, that doesn't mean I didn't have great parents that
0: didn't love me. They were great parents that did the very best they could. What is it that we don't like about the word dysfunction? Or dysfunctional? It's it's embarrassing. Mm. Uh, It's weak
1: we and especially followers of christ we like to put on this front of it's the sunday morning i'm blessed and highly favored yeah how are you i'm doing great better than i deserve pastor you know (laughs) Uh, and that's it's funny because it's christianese but we all pretend it uh we pretend we're doing fine i mean like yeah we're sinners you know i uh i gossiped for a second then stopped myself (laughs) Right, but that's not the reality. No. And if we fully embrace who we are in Christ, we know we, we needed him before we got saved, and we still need him just as much today. Mm. We're growing in holiness, yeah, but we're more deeply understanding how much we need him. Yeah, and what I discovered in this journey of trying to figure out what happened with my grandfather is how much that false paradigm in my head invaded my marriage relationship, mm. my parenting, uh, my interact, my friendships. Where if I had a dysfunctional view of functional families, hmm. uh, in that I thought my view was right on how a functional family should look, and it's not. But then when you go through a, the dirty journey of figuring out what went wrong and a pretty embarrassing thing in your family, it shows you that even though your parents love you as best they
0: could and were great parents, that they're still sinners. Yeah, and so are you. You know, it's it, it's hard to for some of us. for I mean. I'm gonna say for some of us, there was a, a period of time that maybe people didn't think that way about their parents. They thought they hated their parents, but when you do put your parents on a pedestal and you think, man, they are—they're not dysfunctional. They're not perfect, but they're not dysfunctional. Like it's hard to then view them as dysfunctional. And maybe I was raised in a dysfunctional family, and that's that's hurting me today. It's hard to admit that for some people.
1: Well, because you're admitting to contradiction slash tension we we live in a society that's that's bifurcated right it's you you're in or out yeah you're for or against yeah and it can be simultaneously true that you love your parents they love you they did the very best they could and and you were in a a home that you were loved and cared for that was
0: dysfunctional yes those two things can coexist i think the reason it's really important for us to do that though there's a lot of people that I've spoken to over there. There's a lot of men and women who they grew up in a dysfunctional family. They knew it. They knew it. Sure. But they are daggone it. I am not going to raise my kids in a dysfunctional family. And so they literally go through the entire raising of their kids, living in a dysfunctional family. And not knowing it. But not believing
1: it. Not believing it and not knowing it. Absolutely. And that's part of what I learned in this. And I think... You know, not that COVID happened for me. It didn't, thankfully, because people would hate me for that. <laughs> but in the, I think for a purpose, God had me on a six-year journey to create this story that isn't really a story created, to tell the story, I should say, uh, and plopped COVID in the middle of it. Because COVID, without getting to, into detail to protect my family, wreaked havoc on some of my kids hmm. and exposed some real weaknesses in my marriage that needed hmm. to get work. And by God's grace, through some great counseling and some hard work, um, everybody's getting the help they need. How about that? So I have a question.
0: Like, yeah. You know, you told me there, I can ask any questions. You can ask any question. you, can ask any you question? tell me no. Yeah. If, if Wor- worst me case, can. I'll say no. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. And I, I won't be too offended by that. But, so, <laughs> Brian, tell me all your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let, let's say I'm that guy who was raised in a dysfunctional family. Sure. But I didn't know it or I didn't want to believe it. What, how can that impact my my marriage or how does that impact me raising kids or how does that impact where i work like if i don't want to look at it or believe it or embrace it or even know it for that matter how can that impact me in a negative way
1: because in su- even subconsciously you believe that your way is better or best uh and, and why is that wrong because christ's way is best Not your way. Okay. Uh, And so if you believe the paradigm in which you were raised or your reaction to that paradigm is the better way, you're wrong. Mm. It's a way. But if you hang on to it being the best way, it's going to cause tension when your spouse doesn't agree. Mm. It's going to turn you into a person who's probably a little manipulative, if not a lot. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. Which is not considering others more important than yourself and is not acknowledging you as a sinner. Mm and i I think parenting and marriage are two of the ways to really show if, if you're willing to let it happen to show you how messed up you are
0: mm, you're very right, and about how that. much you're
1: in need of a savior because we tell this lie in christendom too that if we if we follow a formula like we we think yep. proverbs is a is a formula if you train up in your child the way they should go, they won't depart from it that's a probability, not a right. promise it's not a promise, yeah uh, but we think it is, and so we we have books and speakers and pastors who think and say they know the way that train to train them up the way they should go. And you believe that you'll be able to raise little Christian kids. Right. Which is a lie by the
0: way, about the gospel, because I don't save my kids. Right. We're only called to be a godly parent. That's all we're called to do. And that, and, and pastor Jonathan shared that with some of us a couple weeks ago, and it was a game changer for some of us because we really believed that we are called to raise godly children, but we're not. We're,
1: we're, we're raised to love them as Christ loved us and to and be an a model them for Christ. And point them, not force them. We truly believe in our hearts in some way that if we just do it right, they'll, they'll be saved. Right. And they'll be functional or they'll, they'll be good or whatever it is. And I, in a sense, believed that lie to some stretch before I started this journey. Hmm. But it's not until your kids begin to struggle or your marriage begins to struggle <laughs> and you think you've been doing those things Right. <laughs> That it breaks you. It, it, comp- it breaks you in a big way. It, it totally breaks you. And it makes you realize you don't have it all together. And wow, I thought I was transforming the way I think as the gospel expects me to, but I wasn't. Mm. Not in every way. Yeah. Here's a new way I have to do that. It, it's that, it ties into that phase of what I experienced in life. I, don't, I summarize it this way. I don't know what everyone's experience is. But when you're a little kid, your parents are superheroes. When you're a teenager, they're idiots. When you're, when you're newly married, it's like, they're, they're okay now. Like you you like them, (laughs) but as as you get married, you're like, you're married. You're like, wow, we're going to do this right. I don't know what was wrong with them, (laughs) you know? And then pretty soon you start to see things differently. You, as you experience pain and you see your sin leaking into your marriage and your kids uh, and your influence on them, you start to see that, no, um, they're sinners and you're sinners. They did the best they could, yes, not every parent has done the best they could, some hurt us, right? Uh, my parents did the best they could, <clears throat> yep, and and their sin has consequences, and mine does too, uh, and it doesn't mean anyone does anything on purpose, but if we if we live in denial we 're going to hurt multiple generations, and what I was able to observe in this as well is how unchecked and unrepented of those those patterns can continue in us, yeah, where i'm I end up trying to investigate why would my grandfather do such a thing as to disown his grandchildren, his grandsons and his son and daughter-in-law. And I begin to see in him this myself Mm. and patterns in my life that are reflected in what I learn of him.
0: Mm. It's
1: horrifying Mm. and yet shouldn't be surprising. And I know I'm not taking you to a pretty end here because I think the podcast does a better job. It's it, by, by the way, it's coming out in a sh- shameless plug. Do you have a name for it? Yeah. It's <clears> going to be released either in April or May. There's debate on that. Long story. April or May. It's called The Grandfather Effect. Mm. It'll be a moody podcast.
0: I uh, love the name.
1: Yeah. We, uh, it was originally going to be called Disowned. And as I explained in the in the beginning of it, uh, I'm ruining part of it here, but that's okay. It turned out it wasn't about disownment. Hmm. I thought it was going to be about disownment, but it wasn't. So um, all that to say, it was a transformative experience. Once I embraced that I'm dysfunctional, like if I'm a follower of Christ, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe that sin has impacted every area of my life. That means it's going to impact my, my relationship with my wife and my children, that there isn't a formula I can attain to be the best dad and the best husband. Hmm. I can't control that. My sin's going to, my sin's going to invade it. It's just my job to do what you said, to just try to be Christ to them
0: hmm. and to be honest and open about the mess that I am. So you're messing with my head already. Uh-oh. And I'm sure the podcast will do more of that. Yeah. I'm already thinking of my grandfather, Grandfather Lessing, Grandpa, we, we called him Grandpa Lessing, but Grandpa Bob is what we called him. But Grandpa Bob would sit on the porch smoking his white owl cig- cigar. <laughs> We would come and visit him twice a year at most, usually just once a year. He lived down in Florida. This is the only memory, one of the only memories I have of my grandfather. I I didn't spend much time with him because he lived in Florida. And we'd come all that way and he'd sit on the porch and smoke a cigar and not interact with us that much at all. And when when he would interact with us, he was mad at us because we messed up where his newspaper was because we messed up his morning routine for that week that we were there. And all this time, like, you're messing with me big time right well, now. Yeah, b- because you probably did, to jump in, what
1: I did. This is an easy answer. He's a jerk. Why did my grandpa disown us? Because he's a jerk. That's what I wanted the answer to be. And guess what? It wasn't.
0: I thought that maybe it was a, like, we weren't enough, right? Like, we weren't fun enough or engaging enough or, I don't know. Did you ever ask why? N- never. See, this is what families do. Now, I, w- you know. We've talked about it. Now, we've talked about it in our family, but I've ne- I have never asked, why do you think Grandpa did that? We've, I mean, we've made fun of Grandpa for that. Right. But we've never had an honest conversation like, well, why was Grandpa Grandpa's like that? got a story. Yeah. Uh, and you can't discount
1: the fact that your parents aren't part of it and share some culpability hmm. and that you aren't either. Hmm. Uh, and now, it's not fun to go through those journeys, but if our families are going to reflect the kingdom and christ yeah we have to be willing to confront i wasn't this is what god did in my life i thought there was this thing you could have which would be the functional like healthy family mm-hmm. and that causes damage it's me owning the dysfunction it also it makes it easier to forgive others when you see your own when you see yourself we doing don't like to own
0: things. someone else's dysfunction though because that's not my fault
1: well that's an easy way to dismiss it right but i mean i try to use this analogy a lot like even in Something like racial reconciliation. Like if, if we're going to use the idea of uh, family in Scripture, right? We're adopted in the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, if your wife comes to you and said, Scott, you hurt, like, you hurt me. What you did hurt me. and you, Well, that's not what I meant.
0: Forget about it. What's wrong with you? Or the classic, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah, why do you feel that way? That's, <laughs> you, that's ridiculous. Right. I, I don't know why you'd feel that way. That was, I didn't mean that. You took it the wrong way. Right, I don't know why you took it that way. That's not how Christ would command that we
1: we approach things. And yet, how many areas of our life do we, even though we know that, still do it? Yeah, we do. That
0: Grandpa Lessing.
1: Look at that guy. We came all the way to Florida and he didn't even talk to us. <laughs> right. What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's man. You're you're. I, I cannot wait to dive in. And and this, the thing that I love about your podcast that you're going to be doing, it's we're not pointing people to a podcast just. This is a in depth. This is going to be. It's embarrassing. Like a soul searching podcast.
1: No, I'm shocked. My family consented. Hmm. I'm, I, but I'm grateful they did. Hmm. Uh, and I think it's it's to their to their credit, even some of the ones I don't really even know that consented. Hmm. Uh, I owe them a debt of gratitude for being willing to be a part of a story that isn't doesn't make us look good. Hmm. You know, I, it's embarrassing. Hmm. But if isn't that honest? Isn't yeah. that true? Yeah. Uh, and if I can't be honest about my shortcomings, what kind of witness for Christ can I be? And isn't it more appealing for somebody to encounter a Christian who's who's discovered a fault and a problem and they're trying to get better, they're trying to follow Christ and resolve conflict, uh, than to have somebody pretend that life gets better? Well, the tangibly answer, better? I,
0: I can tell you... From Maureen and I, our experience with sharing our story, it's humbling to know that other guys are like, "Wait, you you suck," and and I know I suck. No one else knows right now because I'm coming to you. You're the first person I'm telling that I am really bad in this area of my life. Yeah, but you guys have overcome it. You're giving me hope that I can overcome it. And we're we're super transparent. Like, hey, we're not perfect. You know, I still still struggle with temptation like everybody else, and and now my temptation has shifted in some areas of my life, right? But we're always being tempted. We're always, in Romans 7, Paul says, I still suck. That's really what he, that's Scott's version. Yeah. You know, the things I don't want to do, I keep on doing, and so on and so forth. We have to remember, I remind myself, and I have other people remind me, Scott, you're not perfect. and the power of the holy spirit that's that's everything it's you can't get yourself you can't just pull yourself up by the bootstraps you have to depend on the power of the holy spirit to grow to become that better version of yourself that's what our podcast is all about is becoming that better version of yourself tomorrow than you are today but how do we do that not just by doing all the right things to become better right it's transparency and dependency right, right. transparency this is who i am i don't want to be this way Dependency on the Holy Spirit, a desperate dependence on the Holy Spirit to live the Christ life. And that's a depth of spiritual maturity that's not fun to go through. Yeah.
1: But people might wonder why, you know, why was Paul joyful? How did he find joy in a prison cell? Right. Uh, how do you, how does knowledge of sin cause joy? I think spiritual maturity, at least in my experience, is the closer I get to Christ, uh, the more I see how much of a mess I am which makes me all the more grateful that he died for mm, me anyway. Yeah, The more I personally feel the depth of how much I don't deserve what he did for me, the more it turns into joy, it truly turns into joy. It's like, yeah. and he died for me anyway. Yeah, In the midst of all that, the the more of a mess I become, he still says, I love you and I died for you. That's good news. Yeah, And so for some reason, mm. we turn the good news into bad news. And we we tell lies about it. Like the good news is get saved and your life's better. Yeah. No, no. Like it's going to be hard. Growing growing closer to Christ is a painful experience many times. It comes through pain and discomfort and realization of your own issues. But when you see that he still died for you, that's joy.
0: It is. Well, hey, listen, we could have this become a Dan Carlin show. We're not going to. <laughs> We, we. I've listened to Dan Carlin's uh, three hour and a,
1: three and a half hour podcast episodes.
0: I. I He's won't. Great. I won't. Be, I love history. Well, you, you have weird rules. You want stories to have
1: happy endings, right. and you we won't listen to podcasts longer than an hour.
0: It, well, for me, it's more like thirty minutes. Wow! And because it's a timing issue with either where I drive or what I do around the house, maybe because you should she drive slower. Within, that's very true there's a lot of truth behind that (laughs) i'm (laughs) you just totally called me out thank you my wife is thanking you right now my kids are thanking you right now um but well that's another episode confessing our sins sure
1: you'll go first (laughs) and then i'll get sick in the middle of my turn (laughs) well listen your podcast again it's going to be called the grandfather effect if you search for it and it's not there just give it a couple weeks it'll be there lord willing by it'll start dropping episodes in mid-may And are you going to drop them all at one time? No. We're going to be one of those mean people that um,
0: drop one a week for, it'll be one a week for five weeks, I think. Well, it's complicated, but yeah, about that. Are you going to like hold on a couple times and make us wait like longer, just to have fun with it? You're talking about like some famous podcast that do that? No, no. By by the
1: time release comes, the episodes will be complete. Okay. And there will be not anything added that I, I can't imagine something would be added that would delay the release. Okay,
0: cool. Man, listen, you and I always have a lot of fun together. Yes, we do. I'm grateful for you. And this literally could be a Dan Carlin show. It could be. We could go for a long time. At least we had fun. We had a lot of fun, uh, not only in the show, but we always have fun when we connect. That's right. um, Outside of what we do for a living, right? And Mm -hmm. so I'm grateful for you, man. I love your ministry. I love what your wife allows you to do. She allows you to go into work every day, and she allows you to have a huge impact on a lot of people. And talk about her. Yeah, you do. But I mean, you know, she loves you still anyway. <laughs> I don't know why, but she does. And um I love that Moody Radio has you and, and Janelle and Ron Moron on there. I love it. You guys are serving Cleveland in a huge way. And I just want you to know, man, and I mean this very sincerely, that what you are doing is having kingdom impact, long lasting. It's really empowering people, equipping people to think differently to not just be the okay pat answer, but to really know why do you love Jesus or what are you searching for in God? And that's really important. Well, glory to God for that. As you know, Moody Radio changed my life. Yeah,
1: it's changed a lot of people's lives. It's been uh, a privilege to be a part of a ministry with such a legacy uh, that precedes me. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just grateful to God for an opportunity to be a total disaster uh
0: and be on the radio anyway you know <laughs> you're not a total disaster but i normally would say you, yes you, to that you,
1: you know what i'm trying to say like yeah i mean i'm going i guess I, I do okay but i'm like i i learn more every day how much of a mess i am and how much i need jesus and that my ministry is just talking about that yeah
0: and you do you do a good job of ref- like truly being transparent in that trying and to that, that you don't have it all together and you know hey listen I know that you've been beaten up over the years, right? We all have in ministry. I'm an easy target. I'm not very strong. (laughs) But you know what I love is that you keep coming back, because this is actually how the Lord wants us to live our lives. He wants us to live transparently. He wants us to ask the question that might sound stupid to everybody else, but it's really a question that I have. That's right. Like, I'm not afraid to ask that question. And if you're going to rip on me and shred me for that, then go ahead. But at the end, at the end of the day, I'm actually going to know Jesus closer Because I was willing to ask the question that no one else was. And isn't that what Jesus did? Yeah. He allowed people to ask the stupid, crazy, wild, what questions? And those are the people who got closer to Jesus. That's right. It wasn't the Pharisees. No, they stood on on the sidelines.
1: And I... Jesus went to the people who knew they were sinners. Correct. That's who he wants to hang out with. He He
0: didn't come to save those who think they are righteous. Thank you to you, Janelle, ron everybody who helps make that happen well thank you right i mean you guys are doing an incredible service to all of us in in greater cleveland so thank you it's brian and janelle mornings 6 to 9 a.m weekdays wcrf you can find the moody radio mobile app brian and janelle.org i feel like i was just listening (laughs) (laughs) go check it out all right guys just so you know, why is Jordy not on here? I forgot to say that at the very beginning here. Jordy just had a baby. Well, Jordy didn't have a baby. That would be awkward. That would be Super painful. awkward.
1: And he's telling this story about his wife having a child, but I think it's me. He hates the show, and he couldn't stand to be in the
0: same room as me. To be honest, he did say that. I, was I knew just, it. I was just trying to have it be all about his baby, but it really was about him. He's you.
1: anonymous from Middleburg Heights that keeps harassing
0: me. He is. He is. <laughs> he's actually from Lakewood. Do you have an anonymous from Lakewood? Do we Probably, yeah. It would be him. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back and look. And
1: now I know who you
0: are, Anonymous. Yeah. It's you, Jordy. All right, guys. Hey, we will see you next month. Have a great one.